0: This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black.
1: What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution, and welcome to episode 25. In this episode, we're sitting down with Melissa Steiner, the Chief Development Officer at UMOM. And I'm so excited to have her on because this is going to give you guys a completely different perspective in facility management. We met these guys through a give-back event, and I was so impressed with all the lives that they touch with what they do that I have to have them on and talk about their facilities. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. But before that, here's a message from our sponsor.
0: Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services are also commercial plumbers? They offer everything from clearing drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They're ready to be on-site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326 or on the web at cgpconstruction.com. Reach out today.
1: What's up, guys? It's Sean Black with FM Evolution, and welcome to another episode. I'm really excited today. I have an amazing co-host with me today, Melissa Steimer, the Chief Development Officer at UMOM. Melissa, welcome to the show.
0: Hi. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: I am so excited. We got the opportunity to tour uh, your main facility here in Phoenix, And we did some work Mm -hmm. with you guys, and I was blown away at the amount of people that you help on a daily basis. So I was like, I have to have you guys on to talk about your story. The facilities are amazing. Great.
0: Great. Well, thank you. We have a lot of them because you're right. We are serving a lot of people in Maricopa County that really are risking or experiencing homelessness in some way.
1: For those who don't know who UMom is, and you guys have been around since nineteen sixty-seven? Sixty four. Sixty four. Nineteen sixty four. That's amazing. You could uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys do, that'd be would be amazing. Thank you. you.
0: You bet. And we've and it's grown over the years and what we've done. So UMom actually means United Methodist Outreach Ministries. At one point, it started through the Methodist Church as a soup kitchen. Um, It is no longer related to the Methodist Church. We always say we are faith-supported. That is one of the communities here in Maricopa County that support us. But the original idea came out of the United Methodist Church and um, started to just serve the homeless on the streets and try to then eventually shelter them. Uh, That really started in 1964. Since then, we've really grown to become a comprehensive shelter, and now housing um, uh, organization that is serving over 8,600 individuals a year. Whoa. And yeah. yes, and really our, you know, our mission is we prevent and end homelessness. We do it with innovative strategies, and um, we're really here to make sure that anybody who is experiencing homelessness, and when I say anybody, it's a family, um, and that family can look Different, but not be. It could be a mom with just kids. It could be a dad with just kids. It could be mom and grandmom if they live together with the kids. Um, whatever the family makeup is, we're here to serve them if they're experiencing homelessness. And we also have taken on full-time single women, so women who don't have kids, don't have family connections, but themselves are experiencing homelessness and they range in age from 18 to 88, those women. So we have some women that are 88 years of age. Yes, 88 years of age, experiencing homelessness, have nowhere to turn, and so they turn to you, mom. Um, And then just recently, a couple of years ago, there was an organization in town called Tumbleweed that unfortunately was not financially sound. And we did not want those services to drop because what they're really serving is that unaccompanied youth population. So the youth, the kids that are aging out of foster care that never got into some kind of foster care situation, a stable home, um, when they turn 18, if they did not find a foster family or have a path to go they are left to fend for themselves and become adults. And many of them don't have the life skills they need. So we actually um, took over the organization and run a couple of group homes for kids mainly that have aged out and come through the DCF system where the foster care system happens. And then um, any runaways For homeless youth that are 18 or under, we have the only crisis shelter in Maricopa County that handles kids that are under 18 years of age that need a safe place to go. Uh, And then we have a youth outreach center that uh, we run that actually goes out to try to connect with youth who are homeless and on the streets and need some support. Um, So we're running a lot of different programs. We're broad. We also now do housing. We're our own developer and actually do housing communities, affordable housing communities across Maricopa County. I was reading about that. that. Yeah. I can talk more about that.
1: That's an, that's insane. That's a lot of, (laughs) (laughs) that's just so many moving parts. Uh, we, We were kidding, you know, about you being the chief development officer and I said, you're the chief get it done officer Wow. You are getting it done there. You guys, what a team. What a, and when I was, you know, the thing that struck me is there's so many different facilities and different locations. How in the world do you guys maintain such a variety of, of facilities and, and, and being so large?
0: Yeah, so it takes a lot of coordination. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had to do this by trial and error. Um, we're, our campus, the one that you are aware of that our offices sit on and our right. family shelter is at, is seven and a half acres. Wow. And it's down on 32nd and Van Buren. Um, it is where the largest part of our services are run out of. We've got a pretty large facilities and maintenance staff, as you can understand. And they're not only um, here to make sure that any of the typical facility problems um, are upkept and not happening. Um, we've got all those other properties I talked about that they've got to go around to the youth group homes if there's any, we, we come under a lot of licensing restrictions when you talk about youth and running group homes. And so um, we have to run those very well and have everything upkept. And, you know, all of that depends on the facilities that you have these folks live in. So they have to spend a lot of time making sure all of that as well, and they can pass inspections. <laughs> Um, so it's a, it's a team of, there's maybe about by now, I think 20-ish, uh, yeah. facility staff that is running all of that. But they also, they they have a huge job in every single time a family moves out of our shelter. And UMOM is about being, um, someone say rare, brief and non-recurring. Our goal is that someone doesn't experience homelessness. If we can find a way to prevent it, we will. Yes. But if they have to come into shelter, we're going to make it, Pretty brief for them. We want them to get back on their feet and back out into the community. And then we don't want it to happen again for them. So have we set them up with the right services? And we're, they have up to 120 days to stay. Most are moving out within um, an 80-day period or less because we really are helping them um, get back on their feet that quickly. But that means our facilities and maintenance have to come in every 80 days, turn rooms over. Some of those rooms, someone has lived with five kids and mom or mom and yes, dad in a hotel-like room, and they have to spend that time to make sure that it's ready for the next um, family to arrive.
1: Dang, you need to get those guys some capes. I tell you what, <laughs>
0: I'll tell them that. <laughs>
1: tell them that we work on yeah. the, the facility management here, and I've I met with VPs and CEOs and directors, and and you know for retail and hospitality, and they all have their challenges. But yeah. you guys, to be able to do what you're doing and serve, I mean, I was going to ask you like how do you guys, how do the, your facilities impact the people you help? But my gosh, it's just, just being able to have a place to stay, but it's right. so much more than that.
0: Right. Cause let me tell you, um, we also run the family housing hub, which is Maricopa County's, coordinated entry for families experiencing homelessness. So any family out there, whether you know of them or they find out through other services they're trying to access, they if they need the help and the shelter and the safe place to stay, they have to come down to our family housing hub or uh, show up. We have a West location and an East Valley location and actually sit down with someone and be assessed. What's going on? What's causing this? where do we start with you? Where do we help? Here's the challenge is we have about 100 right now about 130 people that are sitting on that waiting list. And they wait about 10 weeks to get into shelter this community. And we're not the only one that does this. I mean, there are right. 10 other organizations providing shelter. We're the largest. But they're waiting 10 weeks to get into shelter so mm. there are families out there that can't even get that safe place yet to sleep so we want to make sure when they do get here that we have the services and the safety and the neat meeting their basic needs so that they can get ready to you know stop the homelessness they're experiencing and get back out in the community
1: that's incredible i don't know how you yeah. guys do it i think you guys would give any facility manager I know a run for their money with hundreds of locations. Yeah. uh, Just because of of the challenges you guys face there.
0: Yeah. So, and I didn't say we also run. um, So we have uh, the two group homes, the um, facility for the crisis shelter for kids under 18. We've got the youth outreach center. We've got our family shelter, our women's shelter, and then you mom, mom, runs or manages um, over 500 units of affordable housing. And that's about another seven buildings. Now I will say we've done the smart thing. We developed these affordable housing properties and we've outsourced the management, the property management, which includes facility maintenance um, to an organization that does this and they are doing it for many of our properties. Um, We have two more coming online next year, uh, which will put us at over 600 units of affordable housing.
1: That's incredible. That's really incredible. How did you get involved with this organization?
0: So I have always been in nonprofit management. Uh, That has been my career. It's, I hate to say, and I won't age myself, but it's been <laughs> 22 plus years that I have been doing some form of nonprofit management leadership, mainly around the fundraising uh, revenue generation side of it. And I actually am fairly new to, I consider myself new to Phoenix about seven years now. So I'm okay. feeling like I'm getting more into it, but um, I sought out an organization that I knew was good stewards of the dollars, were making an impact in the community, and that had great leadership and really were visionary and trying to solve a real issue in this community. And I had someone who recommended me when this position was coming open, um, and they said, you've got to go down and meet Darlene Newsom, who's our CEO, has been for 16 years, um, to come down and talk to her and really think about taking the position. And, you know, the second I met her, I was sold. Um, she mm-hmm. is very visionary. She gets things done. Uh, this is why we've grown the way we have. Um, and we're serving more people because she won't, you know, she w- does not want to see whether it's a 88 year old woman or a five year old child that does not have a place to go um, to get the help and the resources they need to then be able to um, be out in the community and have stable housing. Uh, so I was really thankful about three and a half years ago to get this position. And yeah. I see the impact. You know, every day I walk through where the families are, the kids are heading off to school, all the school buses are lined up. Uh, they're getting their wellness checks in our, we have a onsite uh, clinic that we can get the kids because many of these kids sleeping out on the streets or if they've been in cars, wow, um, or even bouncing from house to house, you can imagine they sure. their parents don't even have the time to take them to doctors and get them the care that they need. So we offer that on site.
1: That's that's incredible. I mean, what um, the amount of value that you're offering Phoenix and and surrounding here, I mean, you're touching. Really, I, I feel hundreds of thousands of lives based because yes. every single person, every kid, every adult you were able to take off the street and get them back into, you know, a, a structured productive life is yeah. most people are going to go on and touch other people's lives right. in such incredible. Right.
0: That's wow. what, Yeah, that's what we use a word called renewing community, and that's really what it's about. Is uh, we are helping others become part of their community again. And that also we're working with community to welcome folks back into the community and make them feel part of the community. So it's a win-win for everybody. Um, and I say, you know, I even say it myself, and I've been in this position, even with small kids of my own. I mean, anybody, your neighbor, your friend, your family can be paycheck to paycheck. And one defining circumstance whether it's a loss of a job and then you have no child care it's a medical issue and we've had a lot of that that's
1: all it takes that's
0: right and that this community is very fragile and it's a real issue and you know we're one of the top i hate to say top meaning lowest in the offering of affordable housing. So we can do everything we can to get people a job and hopefully more income, but we're having a hard time making sure they find affordable housing in the community. So that's why we try to be a part of that solution as well, because there's just not enough of it. And there's not enough shelter. We envision a day where anybody comes to that family housing hub and any one of our partner organizations can say, great, we've got a space come on over. Yeah. Right. We don't right now. It's 10 weeks, but uh, that's our hope and our goal. And we're, we'll get there.
1: The demand is overwhelming right now.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it is very, it's incredible how many people are falling on hard times. I know the country is doing great, great, you know, but we are still seeing a record number of people oh. in this situation.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, and I think I was just, you know, listening to one of the news stations the other day about just the whole idea of the middle class being squeezed out anymore. I mean, even that yeah. is not really a thing. And that is putting people on those fringes. Right. So it is. more and more people are really living on that, I think, edge. And um, we have to be available and ready to be that safety net. Um, so that's our goal. Yeah.
1: Melissa, do you get a lot of people who are drawn to your organization to volunteer? Cause it's what you're telling me. is just, it's amazing. And I, I know I w- want to get more involved, but like, how do you get people involved in, in helping you guys?
0: Well, thanks. Yes. I mean, I think we have a variety of our community that understands, you know, where they can help those who need it most. And so whether it's a civic group, um, a community Uh, organization, uh, a boy, you know, a boy scout, a girl scout, a school group, um, a corporation who wants to do good in the community and sends their employees out to, you know, they get paid for the day, but make sure you're volunteering somewhere. So we we are thankful that we do get folks that want that to be here at UMOM. We try to offer an array of opportunities because we know people have different um, offered time, talent, and, yep. you know, the ability to work here and volunteer and do good. Um, so, yeah, we get about almost 9,000 volunteers a year, individual volunteers. Um, we're thankful for that. Like I said, they come from a variety of different ways. We always try to offer... We're, I wouldn't say we cater individually to everybody we have a lot of opportunities that you can get plugged into but if you don't find something or you only have just a little bit of time we'll find something we have events that are going on at all times um, every tuesday night we have read to me folks can come in from six to eight in the evening and they sign up online and they can um, on our website they can come in and read to the shelter kids we um, give the kids an opportunity to come in every Tuesday and begin their love of reading and have an opportunity to read with people from the community. And what we find is they start, they go home that night back to their room with three books. (laughs) If they stay here for, you know, four weeks, six weeks and want to come every Tuesday, great. We've started a library for them and hopefully a love of reading. I mean, all of that focuses around making sure these kids feel normal, right. that they have exactly. a home for now. Yeah, they have a home for now. So any way you want to get involved, we would love to talk to you about what that looks like. That's
1: yeah. that's so that's so awesome. I'd love to hear that. I had a bunch of ideas. Um, I'm definitely going to, to connect you guys with other people I know. That's can I, right. can I help out with this? I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of your, your favorite projects, stuff you guys have accomplished there.
0: Mm, So many. Um, (laughs) When you say favorite projects, I think two come to mind for me. One is our Helpings Cafe. So this used to be the 32nd and Van Buren Family Shelter used to be uh, an old um, hotel. And in the old hotels and even newer ones, they've got restaurants attached. right? Right. Right. So we had a space here when we bought this facility back in 2008 and we had to rehab it, do a whole fundraising effort to make sure that we built it out. There was the space left that used to be the old, um, diner that was connected to the hotel. And our CEO said, I do not want this to be touched. So this is back in 2009. We moved, we used to be across the street on 32nd and Van Buren in another old hotel that just was too, um, too worn out to rehab. And so we had the opportunity to buy the one here across the street. We rehabbed it, moved everybody over who was at the old shelter 2009. It wasn't until 2014 that we finally, Darlene said, this space that was the diner, I wanted to be a cafe. But I want it to be a special kind of cafe. It'll be our social enterprise, which we call Helping's Cafe, and I think you probably ended up there in your tour. Hopefully, you we went through it. It was really cool. Yes, it's um, first of all great food, great service. People love it. There's not a lot of places between here and downtown, and on your way to Tempe, that you have a place to stop and enjoy breakfast or lunch or open breakfast. Um, early in the morning from 6am uh, and then we close at 3pm. Um, but great menu. You We cater so you have the ability to get stuff delivered to your office uh, if you'd like. Um, but what's most important about that that really makes it about giving back to the mission is anything someone purchases goes back into the mission. So when you walk in you see a sign that said if you bought a cup of coffee today you've now just Supply a kid with a backpack for school <laughs> or, you know, there's a variety That's of different so ways. Great. Pencil. Yes. Pencils for their backpack or um, someone now has a meal because uh, that a meal here at our facility, great. because you just bought that muffin. So the other piece of it we added was a um, homegrown training program, we call it. So this is an opportunity. We um, sell Starbucks drinks out of the cafe uh, we make the products that Starbucks makes, most of them. It's not a full menu, but pretty decent. And we give our um, clients, so whether it's our youth, whether it's our um, families that are here, or the women, any one of them can come over and join a, what we call a cohort program, where they go six weeks of training. They take three weeks in the front of the house, so they're learning things like how to use the cash register, uh, customer service skills, how to make Starbucks drinks. And then the following three weeks, they go back of house. So they're learning how to cook the food, knife skills. They get their food handlers card. And at the end of the day, what all of this does is now equip someone with a skill and the ability to go out and get a job. And as we know, particularly in Phoenix and Arizona, hospitality is a big yes. part um, of our um, economy. A huge and part. And the they're ability- ready to
1: go. They're ready to go back to work. They're ready to go. Yeah. That's
0: right. And, so it it's a project I love for that reason. And every yes. six weeks we get to see a graduation and we hear the stories every day of someone who now has a whole new way to earn income and now can sustain for their family, for themselves and get eventually into some housing. So it's a great program and we're really proud of it. And Starbucks being a partner, you may or may not know this, but we have a deal with ASU um, through Starbucks that if you want to work at any Starbucks, you now have the opportunity to take online school through ASU for free. So it becomes a pathway for education as well.
1: What a great partnership. Uh, Our company uh, has been building and servicing Starbucks for many, many years now. and They're they're amazing, amazing partners. Uh, We've done a lot of of their extra shot of good projects. And and I couldn't think of a better uh, partner for you guys to connect with. Um, and, and clearly you're, you're influencing and helping a lot of people with that. So that's amazing.
0: Yeah. What a, what a great connection. And thanks yes. for sharing that. I think that's exactly telling about how, a, you know, a corporation and out there can affect the community through working with a, a mission-based organization. And, and you're right. I mean, we have many of these folks that are working at the airport, airport and the Starbucks there. Um, many of them that are around surrounding here, the Starbucks, Folks want to hire our folks. They know they're getting really good quality people that are have a desire to work and um, earn income.
1: Well, talk about having, you know, skin in the game. I mean, these are people who understand what it means to have that job and value it and work so hard. Work so hard. That's an that's amazing. I love that.
0: Yeah. And you saw, did you on the tour see our employment center?
1: I did. It's pretty amazing. I met yes. with the staff there, uh, and those guys—they've right. got it going on. And I'm—I uh, got yes. emails back and forth with them. I can't wait to continue to work with those guys. But oh, yes, good. placing people in new jobs—it's—it's it's a big yep. deal.
0: Yep, and I would just say I won't go into it because that was the other project I would have said I were probably most proud of. That happened yes. more recently. But you saw it firsthand yourself and that's exactly what we're trying to do is, you know, we can get people the skill set and the job. We also want them to keep the job and learn what that means to keep a job. So we for um, a week do a four day training of every client that goes in to use our employment center to write the resume, apply for jobs, um, get the support they need or the assistance. They're learning for four days how to, how to present yourself, how to give a good interview, what to do when you get the job, showing up on time, how to just have the soft skills of just maintaining that job. And so we yeah. equip them with that ability as well. Yeah.
1: See, I think this is kind of my challenge for everyone who listens to the show. I have thousands of people in facility management in both operations and you know in facilities yourself go out and partner with... Uh, with people like you, mom, because it's a win-win. Yeah. You're helping everyone along the way.
0: That's right. And, and we know for all of you, the labor market is tight, and yes. you need employees. So exactly. partnering for the reason of we we have this great employment center. We've got employees ready for you, and we are finding we have a wide variety of skill set, and any one of them could be interested in this whole area. So yes, great win-win.
1: So, Melissa, I wanted to kind of share, you know, if you can, some of the stats, some of the, the, the data, you know, the numbers of, of people you've helped, if you kind of had some, because I want people to get a, a kind of a grasp on, on the amount of lives you guys are touching there.
0: Sure. Uh, I would be happy to share that, you know, as I mentioned earlier uh, in this podcast, uh, UMOM itself, um, we're serving around 8,600 individuals nice. every year. And as I mentioned, that's not all the ones we can serve that we know need our help. Yep. But we are the largest uh, provider of these services with all the different um, shelters in Maricopa County. And so we are glad that we have the ability to serve the 8,600 And we're seeing, as I mentioned, many of them successfully exit. The other piece I want to talk about is there are families that come to our family housing hub that are experiencing homelessness. And the other piece, when I talk about preventing and ending homelessness, it is truly also about the prevention part. Because we have found that almost 30% of the families that come to get assessed to figure out what they need, we've been able to divert 30%. And what divert means is not make sure that they've got everything they need. Well, it is what they've got, what they need, but they don't need shelter. So now we've not only saved someone from going through the shelter system and the cost of that, we've actually found them the resources without shelter to end their homelessness. And that's, so what that's they need.
1: really- yeah. yeah, they need those resources to be able to do it.
0: That's right. They just need what we, here a great example is a, a lady came in with a couple of kids and basically, had said that you know they raised my rent at my apartment. I can't afford another month. Yep. I'm going to be evicted. And what we needed to do is find her a uh, more affordable housing unit, and exactly. that's what we connected her to. So yeah, that's important to know that we're doing that as well, and that's a for us a really great impact um, on the work that we have because we don't we're not here to tie up the shelter system. Um, we're here for the ones that truly need it, and to get them out in, um, like I said, that rare, brief, non-recurring um, way.
1: Well, I'm so impressed, and want to thank you so much for being on this show. Uh, it is something that I don't think um, a lot of people understand uh, how much a impact you guys have, and then and b what it really takes to run a facility like you guys have. Um, I wanted to let everyone know how they can find more information about you guys. What's the best way to get a hold of you?
0: You bet. Easiest way is www.umom.org. They will find everything there how to volunteer, how to help in other ways, drive they can do, the work we do. We would love to have them come learn more, but feel free to get a hold of us or come down and see it for yourself.
1: Well, there you go, guys. You heard it straight from Melissa, the chief get-it-done officer over at UMOM. Uh, I was so excited to have you on as a guest. Thank you so much. And for Thank everyone you. who's listening, go check out UMOM. Volunteer sometime. Uh, large facility uh, companies, go you know partner up with these guys. And, and companies like Starbucks, Do keep doing what you're doing. It's an amazing job. Uh, you guys can be sure to check us out on YouTube and Subscribe. We're all over where you guys get podcasts, so we look forward to seeing you guys. And I will definitely come down and visit you guys some more. Thank you so much, Melissa.
0: Great. We appreciate it. Thank you. All
1: right.